good Friday evening. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG, stepping in solo for the moment, but we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, um, we have to uh, take a moment to remember one uh, Tommy Lasorda, former Los Angeles Dodgers uh, manager, just I mean, he was an awesome player and then became an awesome manager. So uh, we lost him last night. Uh, we also lost, uh, if you're familiar with, if you're old enough to be familiar with the Police Academy movies, we lost Hooks from Police Academy last night also. Uh, just a sad day. Um, But we're going to try to make it uh as bright as we can so thank you for joining us if you're listening live welcome uh if you're listening to the replay sorry we missed you but we gonna uh we're gonna try to do this again on sunday so without further ado let's go ahead and jump into this thing uh the other night and i i know wherever Ben is uh he, he's listening to this because he, he wants respect on Bradley Bill's name and he dropped I'm sorry he dropped 60 I got it wrong in the caption he dropped 60 points against Phoenix on the six he 60 seven rebounds five assists um and 38 minutes of play uh man uh but it was a loss it was a loss to Philadelphia. Uh, not especially good when you score 60. But uh, eh, Bill scores 60. So <laughs> let's just go ahead and call a spade a spade. Um, can't take nothing from him and say, you know, well, oh, well, you know, he scored 60, but uh, what does it mean? Yeah, he balled out. That's what it means. Um. Gilbert Arena says Bradley Bill almost ruined my B day after the 61 60 point performance. Uh, but this is something that makes me look at Bradley Bill a totally different way. He scored 60 points in a loss to Philadelphia, and he was mad about it. And you know, he 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 was like, toss it out. Toss it out. It does not mean a thing without a win. And I look at him a little bit different now because that shows me he's he's hungry and you know you can score 70 80 hell 100 points but if you still lose it what does it count for i mean that that's like a jordan 63 point performance which is a playoff record in the nba 63 against boston 86 they lost that game that's one thing that's always left out of that performance they lost that game and i say they as in the chicago bulls lost that game so you know yes it's a record but how much luster does that record have in a loss you know and bill you know they lost to uh philly 141 136 and i said it at the beginning of the season 
that the Wizards were going to score some points this year. They were going to score some points, and they they already starting off with it again. You know, you score 136 in a loss. It's not your offense that has a problem. It's your defense. And that's something that I've been talking about for two years, three years. I've been talking with the fellas about uh, defense, defense, defense. Um, so if you don't have the defense to stop a team, scoring 136, 140, 145 means nothing because you got teams going to come in here and score 140, 145. 150 because your defense is not up to par okay that's just my take on the wizards uh but i'm still happy to see bill score 60 um show that he can do it but i don't i'm hoping that this is not his last explosion of the season okay uh i want to see him do more uh and Ben just entered the live studio. Ben, I'm, I'm I'm heaping praise on Bradley Beal. I look at him in a different light because after he scored 60 against Philly, he said, toss it out. It doesn't count because it was a loss. He's hungry. I want to see him score 50 and give me 50, 10, and 8. And, I, I, I mean, I know he's capable of doing it, and he is. So uh, – that's just my take on Bill scoring 60. I got it wrong in the tagline there. Um, but keeping with the Wizards, Russell Westbrook. Uh, <laughs> as of nine hours ago, said the Wizards arresting Russell Westbrook. Um, what he, he suffered a dislocated finger earlier this week, and he was going to be out for some time. I read. Uh, not overly concerned because the cat's a, a baller. So I'm not really concerned with it, but it just it's just anybody that's old enough to know that when you get a superstar in Washington, whether it's uh basketball or football, we're not gonna take it to baseball because it, it's not I mean, it kind of in recent years it kind of went with that way. Look at Jason Worth; he he was a a star. I'm not gonna say superstar, but he was a star. Had star power, came here, and it just didn't really pan out. But if you notice, when stars, superstars come to work, <laughs> those cats a week pop it back in the play. Hey, you damn right, you damn right, Ben. I mean, in our generation, that's what you do. You go to the sideline, you bite on the towel, you pop that thing back, shake it a couple times, put the fingers the finger sleeve on, it, and keep it moving. But uh, superstars coming to D.C., they they don't seem to pan out in D.C., you know? Uh, I'm not trying to I – I want Russell Westbrook to be the exception to the rule because I think about uh, guys like – Hainsworth was good for what he was good for, but $100 million worth, never. Um the Wiz kids signing, let's see, uh, let's we can go with MJ. Uh, Antoine Jameson, Karan Butler, and Gilbert Arenas were good. I just wish they would have put more talent around them, and they possibly could have did some damage in the East because the East was weak. Uh, Dwight Howard came here, trash of a wizard. Um, 
Adrian Peterson came, and you know, Adrian Peterson is a surefire Hall of Fame player, but he just didn't work out here. I mean, he's on the backside of his career, but <clears throat> I can't say that he really he worked out for what he could, but a lot of us were expecting AP of old. Well, you couldn't expect that. I, I wanted to keep him here, but that's another show for another time. But I don't want to see uh Russell Westbrook go that way where he's one of the stars that don't work out here. So little injury note on him, but uh apparently he's gonna rest and he's going to uh be back very, very soon. So I'll take that and I'll leave it at that. But uh sticking with the NBA and Delonte, I know you out there listening, brother. So but you bring this to my attention. And we were talking about Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie decided to not play last night. <laughs> I whatever Kyrie does, and and uh the New York Post said Kyrie Irving's Nets absence, a reaction to the Capitol Hill riot. Oh. Old running backs are are waste. Yeah, I I, I can agree with that because I mean, uh, going back to the running backs, uh, what's a running back shelf life in the NFL? Four to six years, maybe. You know, it's not very much shelf life, but you have those guys that can perform at a high level for ten years, twelve years. You know, uh, Frank Gore is saying he wants to come back next year. He's just looking for the rushing record. Because he knows for a fact, even though he's number three all-time on that list, if he breaks Emmitt Smith's record, or at least gets close, that's his Hall of Fame bid right there. It doesn't matter that he 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 hasn't played for a contender in how many years, but Frank Gore breaks that record. That's He just punched his Hall of Fame ticket. No, 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 no doubt. Because one thing you can say – on certain lists, not all purpose yard lists, because the top ten in all purpose yards, uh, nine of them are in Canton. The number two person in all purpose yards in the NFL history is the only one missing, and he gets snubbed every year, which pisses me off. And that is one Brian Mitchell. But I'm not gonna go on a Brian Mitchell tirade right now, so I'm gonna go ahead and back off of that. But Frank Gore is trying to punch his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Um, Kyrie Irving. Delonte, <laughs> Delonte, bro, I, I, I gotta say, we gotta agree to disagree, um, because <sighs> Kyrie Irving is misunderstood, and I, I, I'm just gonna say that, and that's something I used to say about uh my kids, you know, they do some, oh, don't don't worry about, it. they misunderstood. My mother used to say, no, nah, they, 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 they just bad at times. Yeah, I mean, every kid's bad. I, my, my kids ain't no angels. But they're not no angels because their dad's no angels. And Delonte chimed in, Kyrie's a head case. I, 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 brother. Oh, <laughs> and the phones are ringing. The phone keeps on ringing. And we got Delonte, the man of the hour, live in studio. What's going on, bro? What's, what's good? What's good? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Man, let me, 
of, of all my years of watching professional sports, I've never heard of an athlete saying uh, the reasons for they've been, of course, personal reasons. Okay, they probably got some family stuff going on they got to attend to. Cool. But the reason behind the personal reason was I just didn't want to play. Huh? Dude, you can you 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 on a max deal and you just didn't want to play? Are you serious? KD out because he was around people who have COVID. So mm. the team they they leaning on you. And 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 Chris LeBert. Thankfully y'all won, but I just didn't want to play. I would I would cut waivers ass. <laughs> but now he didn't tell Steve Nash he was gonna be out. Steve Nash didn't know. He was like, I don't he actually said I don't know, but it was for personal reasons. But it was they say it was in response to the 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 insurrection at the Capitol yesterday. Hmm. Um which I understand. You know that yeah. I mean, well that wasn't yesterday, that was the day before yesterday. Right. Uh which I understand. And he felt strongly about it. You know, Kyrie feels strongly about social and political issues. That mm-hmm. especially, you know, with everything that happened, and I'll get into that next when we talk about LeBron James's comments uh on on, on said topic. But um Kyrie feels uh he feels close to these situations. And it's funny because I was in the grocery store and I was thinking. I put up a post on Facebook earlier about, you know, people complain that Michael Jordan uh, never spoke up on social issues, never spoke up on political issues. Right. But now now you have and also they falsely accuse Michael Jordan of owning jails. Now you have someone like LeBron James, who is miles and miles ahead of MJ on the social side of you know being a global icon where he speaks up on social issues but when he speaks up on social issues everybody gets their panties in a bunch when kd speaks up on social issues nobody pays attention when Kyrie speaks up on social issues in his own unique way i will say that you know he's labeled crazy uh or, or, or other derogatory names now i understand why you call him a head case because sometimes Kyrie can be a little bit Because of his his approach to things, and everybody doesn't think like him. I don't think it's a mental thing. I just think he he he, he walks to the beat of his own drum, and it's just like nobody else is in that band though. But yeah, nobody. I, I I get it. I get what he was doing. I get what he was saying. But bro, you still got that's a no call, no show. Now, Delonte, uh, myself, anybody that's listening, don't go to work tomorrow. If you got to work tomorrow, don't go to work and don't call your boss. Don't call your direct supervisor and don't let them know you're going. You're not coming in and see once your ass get fired. Now, not being able, not talking to uh, Steve Nash. Yeah, that's going to create a rift. How long is it going to be before... Uh, him and Steve Nash bump heads to the point where they can't function together and one of them has to go. And my guess is it's going to be Steve Nash. Wow, man. That's crazy, man. Well, I think that man, he deserve, he deserve a fair shot. Yeah, but if it comes to the point that 
you can't coexist with a coach. You go head to head with a superstar player, and Kyrie is a superstar player. You go head to head with him, the ownership is going to side with the player. I'll say 90, 95% of the time and side with uh, the um, the coach, the other five, 10%. But if he was a different caliber of coach, you know, he's a rookie head coach. This ain't, I mean, this is not Washington we're talking about. Washington, they would side with the coach. You know, the player would be gone. That's how Washington works. But this ain't Washington, this is Brooklyn. You know, this is they're playing in a city that never sleeps. 24-hour news cycle. And as, as of right now, we are the NBA team in New York. I mean, not taking anything away from uh, uh, the Knicks right now because, I mean, it's fool's gold, but they're playing pretty good ball. But let's see how this pans out around All-Star Weekend. So, but I think Kyrie is just misunderstood. If he came across a little different, and he doesn't like talking to the media, and I get that, but if he was able to express himself to the point that, you know, he could come across and explain his thought process, I think it would be a, it would shed a different light on some things, and everybody would look at him different. You agree with that, Delonte? Yeah, I agree, but he that that's exactly what you have to do because, like you mentioned, everybody looks at him like he just lost his mind. You know what I'm saying? And then it started to kind of create a trend. Like, you know, it was his shenanigans in Cleveland, shenanigans in Boston, and then it's already shenanigans in, in Brooklyn. It's like, dude, what? what's it's, – it's you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's you, man. Yeah, that's true. It's you. I know Iverson, you know what I'm saying, as, as great of a player, you know, and how as much revered as he was by a lot of us, myself included, um, you know what I'm saying, he, Iverson had his issues, but with Kyrie, this is like next level, I just didn't want to play. I never heard Iverson say I just didn't want to play. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to practice. You know, that's, you know, that's his tagline, but I just want to play, didn't want to play in, in a, a game, a game that I get paid, I'm on a max deal. That's that's different, man. That's different. That's different. And and like you said, that whole um, no show coming to work thing, man. My boss will find me in a millisecond. Hey, I feel the same way. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll be in front of uh, PG Plaza with with a, a, a empty paint bucket and two um, drumsticks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> coming up with like some some slogans or some songs, trying to you know make some lunch money. For me and the fam, so man, he, that dude, he's different, man. I don't even call him the title, but he's different. Pro, his thought process is just. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and Ben just chimed in. He said, I hate when these so called woke dudes don't talk. How do you get your message across without talking? You are absolutely right, Ben. Absolutely ben right. right. Because you can't reach the masses if you never talk. You can't get the message out if you never talk. All right. And I'm glad you brought up Iverson because people are comparing him to Iverson. I'm like, he's not AI. Everybody no, not goes AI. off of that. They go off of that practice rant. Oh, practice. We talking about practice, not a game. Um, no, go back and play that whole entire thing. It was never about practice. It was about 
what we're talking about right now, you're talking about what's going on in practice, not what I'm doing in the game, but you're talking about what's going on in practice. Not saying he didn't want to practice. Larry Brown was like, Iverson loves to practice, but he doesn't like to practice plays. He likes to run pickup games in practice. He's like, we can't do that all the time. I got to get some plays and some structure in there. Because he, Larry Brown said Iverson would be uh, on the practice floor. And if they ran five-on-five five drills, no matter who was on teams. And yeah, yeah, you're right, Ben. That rant did come out of this boy was killed. That, that is absolutely right. But everybody takes that one snippet about practice and runs with it. They don't listen to the whole thing or know the whole story behind it. And they just judge Iverson off of that. But Larry Brown said that they, they if they ran five on five, he was the most engaged player. And he was, you know, he was maybe not the greatest team player, but he was good for what he did. The, the guys that he played with in Philly, the the, the, the Theo Ratliffs, of course, Matumbo, you know, that's Georgetown fam. Hoya Soxa, baby. Um, Eric Snow, Aaron McKee. Uh, uh, Matt Geiger when he was there. Those guys love Bubba Chuck. Come on now. It was just that they 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 blew things out of proportion with AI. And I, I don't like hearing Kyrie compared to AI because Kyrie is not the it's not as open as AI was because if AI had an issue, he's going to let you know he had an issue. So that's just my thought. But and then another thing, is he going to be – I don't think Kyrie is ever going to be loved as much as AI was and is over these past 20-some-odd years. I mean, but in this area, AI was loved when he was at Georgetown. So I don't think Kyrie will ever be loved worldwide, countrywide, NBA-wide as much as AIs, and I don't want to put him in that category when it comes to uh, speaking to the media and things like that. I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to and, 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 and to touch on that point, he wasn't even, he's not even really all that loved by fellow players. You know what I'm saying? He made side comments. Like, why is he making side comments about LeBron? Like, that, neither one more clean no more. Why do you start making side comments? Uh, I never been on a team with a clutch shooter until I got on there with KD. Well, guess what? When when it came down to the clutch shot against the Wizards, did they either one of them hit it? Both of y'all guys missed it. So where's the clutch shooter at? I know Dag on LeBron would have hit that shot. LeBron did hit a clutch shot against the Wizards, the uh, fadeaway three pointer, falling out of bounds uh, with Bradley Bill playing stellar defense. I'm not sure if you remember that. Yeah, I do, and yeah. that was unbelievable. But you know, you speak on things like that, and that's that's what you come. Uh, hey, you say what you I, to come out and say things like that, but you won't say the things that need to be said. And to know that you have problems with what's going on, speak up. And speaking of speaking up, LeBron James, uh, I think it was yesterday he did an interview. Um. And he made the statement, we live in two different Americas. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what happened day before yesterday at the Capitol, uh, protesters, thugs, rioters uh, breached the Capitol and, you know, put the, the, the certification of the electoral 
the electoral as my wife's gonna get on me because i said it the wrong way but the electoral process they put it on hold storming the capital and lebron said we live in two we live in two americas and that's been a sentiment for everybody for the last two days because when black lives matter and i'm not talking about the organization i'm talking about the movement because the movement is bigger than the organization when the movement was in dc they had ride gear tear gas mace they had the national guard out there everything i remember all the videos from over the summer now you did have a couple of protests that were peaceful at first that got out of hand but they never stormed a federal building such as something like uh the capitol you know they put barricades up at the white house and bj just chimed in the boss they were prepared for blm you damn right they were but you knew and this is now fbi cia i'm sure they watch everything that goes on online they have a a, a forum that was talking about what was going to happen on this day how they were going to do this they were prepared to do this and a lot of people they said they've arrested last count i checked was 60 some people that stormed the capitol and now every one of those people should have been arrested on site you see what you say dario what 53 82 i'm sorry dario just chimed in that's a uh, one of the executive producers of sideline junkies in training uh doing a very well job he sat in the other day did a show uh 82 people have been arrested um bj chimed in again everyone knew they were coming so everyone that had a hand in getting them there feeding them are responsible you're damn right and they have five deaths on their hand but lebron says something about it and it, it's kind of a no matter how you look at it other world powers are looking at us like oh it's a shit show over there yeah can't blame laughing yeah and you know, I, I I just I try not to get in my emotions. This is something I learned from BJ. He was like, certain things people say you can't get in your emotions about because people are gonna do shit to trick you. And you gotta let it slide sometimes. So, you know, I I ride by comments and stuff like that of you know, LeBron, oh, he lives a privileged lifestyle. His kids will never have to worry about that. You don't know that. Because he's famous. Who's to say that some police officer is not going to see Bronny James and Bronny's not doing anything, but he's going to lock up Bronny James because it's LeBron James' son. And, you know, I'm just going to rough him up a little bit because it's LeBron James' son. Sometimes they can't get you. They'll go through your kids. They'll go through your wife, your mother, your father. They'll go through your family just to get to you. So for people to say that, oh, well, he doesn't have a, a right to speak on things like this because um he lives a privileged lifestyle still a black man in america he's still raising black children his wife black his mother-in-law black his mother black it's still affecting it's affecting everybody whether you want to admit it or not it's still affecting you. and a lot of people disagree with uh 
what LeBron said about living in two different Americas. I don't I don't disagree with anything that he said. I agree wholeheartedly with what he said. What about you, Delonte? Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. And in the, the whole two American statement, it was clearly evidence um, that the you know a couple of days ago with the events at the Capitol. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just there. There was no. They didn't let nothing. They didn't. They didn't let nothing happen to nobody. There. You know, it was just that was just crazy. But, but let it have been BLM. Oh man. It had been one of the deadliest massacres in, in, in the history of, of, of America. You can guarantee that. I just... I'm not going to get into it because I'm still riled up. I mean, I, I've been riled up for quite some time, so I'm not going to get into it. Um, We're going to bounce on and uh, Delonte... Myself and I'm sure quite a few other people, whoever's listening, are in agreement that we are living in two different Americas. LeBron told no lies. So, switching gears, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists. The list has been released. Uh, we got Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Tory Hope, Reggie Wayne, Leroy Butler, John Lynch. Rondé Barber, Charles Woodson, Jared Allen, Richard Seymour, Clay Matthews Jr., Sam Mills, uh, Zach Thomas, Alan Fanica, and Tony Baselli. And we got the young one, Dario, calling in because he wanted to talk about his Hall of Fame picks. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, but I'm going to need you to move to a different room. Yeah, can you hear me? <laughs> So we we looking at this, and now you, you already know. Uh, Peyton Man is a sure shot. Peyton Man is gonna be your headliner for the class. Oh yeah. Um, I think Sam Mills should have been in years ago, but after after after. Peyton Manning and Sam Mills and Tony Baselli, those are my top three. After them three, it's a toss-up because a lot of guys have been left off this finalist list that should be on here, and that's a problem for me. So what I ask you gentlemen to do, give me four. And no, Ben, I'm not going to say Megatron because, yes, he was exciting. I'm not giving Megatron first ballot Hall of Fame, though. But you two gentlemen, Dario, Delonte, B, I see you jump back in, you listening. Give me your top four locks out of this Hall of Fame finalist list. Now, that's Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, Leroy Butler, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Charles Woodson, Jared Allen, Richard Seymour, uh, Clay Matthews Jr., Sam Mills, Zach Thomas, Alan Fanica, and Tony Baselli. Give me your top four. All right, let me, I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Woodson, well, definitely Peyton. Uh, and then, I, you know, I guess I just wonder 
if they're going to um, take it from the Colts side or from the Broncos side. Uh, but that's never, you know, need the hell there. Um, Sam Mills and uh, uh, I, damn, I, I guess the fourth one, I, I would probably go, um, yeah. Might might go. Uh, I don't want to say Megatron. I don't want to say Megatron. I, I'll I'll go uh, John Lynch. Those are my four. Oh, a shout out to B. Um, or you could go Reggie Wayne. He got the numbers. It's on you, young Dario. All right, Dario, gonna have to type it in because we we got a serious echo. This is one of the things that uh the problems that we had when we all in the same house. So he says he's gonna he, he gonna type it in, but and B keep going because you got to come up with six six total. I want to know what your four locks were, and uh Ben chimed in, and oh shoot, what you say, Ben? Hold on, you said Megatron, Peyton, Woodson, and Allen. I can dig that. B chimed in. Manning, Fanica, Reggie Wayne, Woodson, Sam Mills, uh, Clay Matthews, and John Lynch. For me, it's got to be Tony Baselli, uh, Alan Fanica, Peyton Manning, and Rondé Barber. That's my four right there that's got to be locks. And Binks calling in. I ain't on your live, brother. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, cool. So I, I don't understand the Megatron thing. Um, I mean, Megatron, compared to Holt and Wayne, his numbers aren't better, but his impact is crazier. Like, he played in Detroit with Stafford, and they never had a running back. So, I mean, Detroit's the only team, and this is the part I argue with people about Stafford all the time. They went 71 games without a 100-yard rusher. So you knew Megatron was getting the ball. Megatron had one season, I think he had like 1,600 yards. It's like Megatron got to be in. I can't do Baselli, and the only reason I can't do Baselli is because he stayed hurt his whole entire career. Um, so, like, he gave us like four or five good years, but after that, he was done. Um, Lynch and Butler, they kind of won the same, so I can't put them first ballot. So that's why I think my four is just real simple. Calvin Johnson, um, Peyton, because Peyton got to be in, Woodson, and then um, Jared Allen, because Jared Allen tore the league up for, like, a stretch. Like, he had a game in Washington when he was in Kansas City where he had, like, three sacks and two forced fumbles or something crazy like that. So, yeah, I got to go with that. Everybody else just seems kind of too iffy for me. Like, the only other person I would even consider is Rondé. I'm sorry. I'm over-talking you. No, 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 no. You're straight. You're straight. Now, I, I, Rondé was one of my four because of how consistent he was through his career. Baselli, because Baselli's been overlooked. And you know what? I got to take I gotta take that back because Sam Mills, I got to put Sam Mills in there too. Sam Mills has been overlooked so many years. And BJ says uh, Baselli didn't play long enough. I, but how many, what, what we had, a five, six-year stretch where we say, everybody was saying Baselli was the, the best tackle, the best left tackle in the league. Right, um, I hear you. Um, the only thing I say to that is, I think, I think you said Mills, and with somebody else, you said been overlooked for a long time. Was it Baselli? 
Baselli, uh, Alan Fanica, and Mills have been looked for overlooked for a while. Alan Fanica right, was so one, then, one of the best in the league at that time too. Yeah, I just think they all should get the opportunity to go in through the seniors committee. I mean, Ooh. I don't see them on uh, after this ballot. There's no way any one of those three I can like validly say deserve to be in there because these next couple of lists are gonna be crazy. Um, so nah, I. I Nah, they just got to wait till like 20 years down the road, unfortunately, or 10 years down the road. And I mean, it's the same thing Jacoby going to have to do. And I don't, and I just I don't, don't think agree with that either. I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I love it because you a diehard Skins fan and you old school. Like we, we probably the same age. So I get it. But it's just one of those things where like after a certain window, especially with Washington teams, Washington was such a team team that like, they never had the individual guys get their shine like they should have. And I think that was part of Gibbs' thing, but I think that was a gift and a curse. I, I agree with that. You know, Gibbs always said there is no superstar on this team. And if you look at Gibbs' right. teams, what team had a superstar? Who was the superstar? I mean, you had characters, but no dominant superstar. Well, I mean, just think about the 91 Super Bowl defense. Like, they, I think there's only three or four guys that we even drafted on that defense. Because you got Daryl Green at corner. You got Alvoy Mays at the other corner. Your linebackers are Gouveia, Andre Collins, um, and Wilbur Marshall. And then Matt Millen. Your front four is Eric Johnson. I mean, yeah, Eric jo- Tim Johnson, Eric Williams, um, Fred Stokes, and Charles Mann. And you like, that's not Bobby, with Bobby Wilson because they drafted Bobby Wilson that year. Exactly. And then your safeties are Danny Copeland and Brad Edwards. So, like, where's your superstar besides Daryl Green? Exactly. And it's crazy. Copeland and Edwards were good together. They, I mean, they yeah. weren't superstars. They were they they worked off each other. They were good together. But it's yeah, no definitely. superstar. It was no it was no superstar on the offense. The, I mean, the main attraction was the offensive line. The Hogs were the main attraction. Yep. I, and the I star think- of that group got in. They got Grim in, right? Grim's yeah. in the hole. Mm-hmm. So th- I think he was the, the name of the group. And then everybody else was like, they like Randy, Tito, Marlon, <laughs> and the rest of the Jackson 5. But I always thought Unfortunately, that, I always thought the Hogs should have went in as a unit. As because, a collective. Yeah, because that's something that, that's something that changed football. When we talk right. about Hall of Fame, that's something that changed football. And you got five guys. Well, actually, it was more than five guys because you had – uh, George the tight ends. Yeah, you had the tight ends. So you had Don Warren, Clint Didier, and my man Doc Walker as your as your hogs. So you got eight players that should be in that should have Hall of Fame jackets because everybody started to make their offensive lines resemble the hogs, where they were nobody was over three hundred plus pounds before they came in like right. that. But then you have. You know the Great Wall at Dallas, which was mimicked after the Hogs, and look what Emmett did. Mm-hmm. Emmett rode them to the Hall of Fame. But I just facts. I, I I can't. I mean, looking at this list, of course you know Peyton Man is that's the lot. I think he's a lot. Now Calvin Johnson, Megatron is a generational talent, and I still feel that he gave he it up it. too early. But I understand why he gave it up. His numbers are better, better 
than Michael Irvin's numbers. And he played less years, if I'm not mistaken. And that record mm-hmm. is nineteen hundred yards in a season. Nineteen that, that's unheard of. Most consecutive one hundred yard receiving games in eight. Um mm-hmm. I, I I but it's this is his first time as a finalist. I'm not saying that uh he's trash or anything like that. No, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but I gotta leave him off this ballot because look at Chris Carter. Look how long it took Chris Carter to get in. Look how long it took Art Monk to get in. Now these two guys, Chris Carter was a little bit more flashier than Art Monk. And he had the numbers. Monk had the records and the numbers. And it took him years to get in. And I'm not going saying the same thing's gonna happen for Megatron, but you got guys like Rondé Barber, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson's kind of borderline for me. And Dario chimed in. He said Manning, Reggie Wayne, Megatron, and Woodson. Woodson's kind of borderline for me, but I do agree with you with Jared Allen. Jared Allen was a beast. And this is Clay Matthews Jr. This is the son of Clay Matthews. Ain't Clay Matthews Sr. in the in the hole? Or is that Bruce that's in the hole? So no, no. So this is this is the dad in Cleveland because the other Clay Matthews hasn't been retired enough. So this is Cleveland Browns linebacker number fifty-seven. Oh shoot, Clay okay. Matthews. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. So that's uh, damn. I thought I thought the son was the junior. Okay, all right. Well, nah, she, I yeah. think he's third, but he never went that way. But he hasn't been retired for five years. No, like he played last year or two years ago. So he wouldn't be. He wouldn't have fit into the window. Yeah, and I, I gotta, I gotta put Matthew Clay. Matt, Clay Matthews was a, 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 a absolute beast. Don't do it, don't do it, bro. <laughs> you got, don't you got to give credit where credit is due. Come on now. <laughs> no, no. All right, hold on, hold on. I don't want to disrespect your time. So, do I have time to go into this with you and go let, back let, and forth, or let, do you let, need to get to another caller? Let, let's go. We we can go. We got a little bit of time. Yeah, After this, we doing picks. All right, cool. Sure. So, real quick, you talked about. I'm sorry. Who was that in the background? I didn't that hear the voice. All right, go ahead. Nah, go ahead, bro. Nah, it, nah, it's on you, Ben. We okay. We so, so cool. So, let's talk about it. Like you talked about a couple guys, and I gotta go back to your list. Reggie Wayne had the great Marvin Harrison on the side of him. Reggie Wayne's impact was good, but eh, you know what I'm saying? We talking about the guy's name is Megatron. Like it's not like we we're not talking about some random dude that was out there getting his yards. Chris Carter and Art Monk, greats. You'll never hear me argue with it. But I think Art Monk's issue goes back to what we were talking about with the Gibbs era, like the superstars. Because another guy that should be in the Hall of Fame is Gary Clark. If we're going to keep it real, because Gary Clark is the only receiver that had, I think he had something like 50 receptions and like 700 yards for the first five or six years of his career. And the only other person, two other people to do that was like Jerry Rice and Andre Rosen at that time. So it's crazy the numbers that he put up, but I just think Art Monk wasn't flashy enough. And then we also got to remember that the media does the picking. So Peter King had a bone to pick with Art Monk because Art Monk didn't talk. So that's the whole reason Art Monk really had to wait. It wasn't anything about, um, like, it wasn't anything about his playing career. So he just got caught up in the politics. Chris Carter, I thought Chris Carter had a great impact for when he was in Minnesota, but he also had Randy Moss. So, like, Chris got the dirty work done, but like you didn't really like you wasn't going in the game saying we gotta stop Chris Carter. He was trying to stop the freak eighty four, and I think that's the difference for me when it comes to those three guys. If we go 
Chris Carter, Randy Monk, I'm sorry, Chris Carter, Art Monk, and Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, you knew they had to get the ball to Calvin Johnson. I might be a little bit biased because CJ did help me win a couple fantasy football leagues, but like Calvin Johnson was the man, like his time. And whether he was hurt or not, he was giving you 1,400 yards almost a season. It was just crazy. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I, I especially agree with you with Gary Clark. I, I do. And that whole issue with uh, Peter King and Art Monk, uh, me and BJ talked about that and how that Pro Football Hall of Fame voting should be taken out of the hands of media members because it's more of a popularity contest instead of what you did over your career. And that needs to be X'd out because a lot of guys, I mean, I think that should be X'd out for every Hall of Fame. I think Hall of Fame members, living Hall of Fame members, should be able to vote on who should be go, go in the Hall of Fame. And that hold more weight than what the writers say. That's my opinion. Though. Hey, and I would totally disagree with you because I watched, I mean, for years we watched the Pro Bowl and it was like, the guys that were getting some years, the guys that were getting in were the same old guys, and they really didn't have better seasons. They were just getting in because of their name. So I don't think we're ever going to take the bias out of the voting process. Now, if we go to like some kind of system where it's weighted, and you get like maybe twenty-five Hall of Famers and twenty-five press members, and we go that way, I can do that. But I can't give total control to either side because you're always going to have a bias. Always, yeah, because yeah, you're gonna I mean, have guys voting for teammates, but you got to put some, right. put some sort of stipulation on it. And I mean, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Terrell Davis should not, and I'll say it again, should not be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care. No, he's only in because he got Elway a Super Bowl. Yeah, two Super Bowl rings, a uh, two thousand yard season, and a Super Bowl MVP. Oh, well, how about say, how many whoa, years whoa, he play? Whoa. Uh, how many years he play? Eight. No. Uh, Nah, I think he's at six, maybe seven, and four to six only years that he went over a thousand. He's not a Hall of Fame running back. I'm sorry, he's just a really good running back. Yeah. So that's what the Hall of Fame has to decide: Do we want to do really good, the Hall of really good, or are we doing Hall of Famers? Hmm. And I, and the only reason I get Woodson in, a, I'm a little bit biased because he's class of '94. I mean '98, I think. Hmm. Um. So we in that same age range, but also Wilson won defensive player of the year. So I give him credence to getting in over that. And that's the only thing I give him over Rondé. I can't argue. I, I, I got I got no leg to stand on here. Uh so you say no to Sam Mills, Richard Seymour. Uh, I, I I'm I'm not even on the fence. I'm that's a no for me. Um right. now Zach Thomas. That's a name that nobody brung up. You don't think Zach Thomas? Reason. <laughs> he had <laughs> he had good years in uh Miami. I don't think he was all that great in Dallas, but he had good years in Miami. And he was dominant in Miami to me. He was a dominant middle linebacker. Uh not the best in the game. I think he was top five. And uh, dare I say Ooh, top I think three. about to argue here in a second. I'm just saying, at, at one point in time, because you had Ray Lewis, Erlacher, and then Zach Thomas. That, But you, you had Jason Taylor in front of you, and then on the outside, you had uh, Sertain and uh, what was the other boy name? They had two lockdown corners. Uh, Sertain and... Um, oh, Sam Madison. Sam Madison. I hate yeah. playing against some dudes on Madden, because they was picking off everything. 
So you had to go to the tight end. But you you had, you know, dominant pieces around you that made your job easier. And I, I, I see that's how I kind of sort of see Luke Keekley. I see him as a Zach Thomas type, but I think he's better than Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm nobody brought up Zach Thomas. I don't think Zach I think this will be another year that Zach Thomas sits out. If he makes it, it's a miracle. Hey, bro, do you mind if I hang on? I'm going to be quiet, but I want to hang on for the pick segment because I want to make picks with y'all. Oh, you got it. You got it. Yeah, that's cool. All right. All right. All right. So. Yeah, I'm going to listen, listen in. I'm in the background. Y'all do y'all thing, man. <laughs> All right. No doubt. <laughs> All right. I, got, I actually got the lines for these. Like, I just put my bets in a little while ago. Uh, <laughs> now, we just, we just going to do Saturday's game. Sunday, we're going to do the Sunday rise, and then we'll jump into it from there. But uh, where my bets go? I got bets in. I got bets. Uh, it's Super Wild Card Weekend this Sunday. But it's Saturday and Sunday. Uh, first up at 105, the Boss BJ's Buffalo Bills host a playoff game against the Indianapolis Colts in Orchard Park. The Bills are six and a half point favorites. The over under is 51 and a half. I'll start with you, Delonte, and I'm taking these down. Now, so when the okay. other fellas put theirs in for the playoffs, we are ready. But I'm taking these down now. And, Ben, I'll make sure I got you a column so we can keep these records. So that means you got to come back throughout the playoffs, Ben. I, I need picks That's from your All right. All right. All right. So, Buffalo, Indianapolis, on you, Delonte. Yeah, this, this is a no-brainer. Um, Indianapolis, they had a surprising season. They, they actually have a decent team, but – Buffalo, man, too strong, man. You know what I'm saying? Too strong. So I got the Bills winning. So you're taking the Bills in the six and a half? Yep. Mm. All right. What you got, Ben? I'm taking the Colts in the six in the in the plus six and a half. Because mm. they played close games all year. They run the ball. I think the two shortest games this weekend is gonna be this one and the Colts, I mean, the Ravens game, because both these teams are going to run the ball. So I don't see a point where it's going to get out of hand. Um, and I think Indianapolis, the two linebackers, um, of course, the only one I can think of is Darius, um, the kid from – they drafted a couple years ago from South Carolina State. So I just think they're going to do their thing, and it's going to be a close one. I think Buffalo wins in the end, but I think it's going to be a late field goal that gets it done for them. Okay. Uh <laughs> I'm I'm going Buffalo. They're going to cover the six and a half, and I'm going under the fifty-one. They, they, it's going to be it's going to be a slobber knocker, but it ain't going to be a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of scoring. I'm just going to say that I think it's going to be like a a twenty-four twenty game, something like that, something close. See, that means that cover. Yeah. Indianapolis covers there. Well, yeah, I, but I, I say close, but I I'm a, I think they might cover. But I'm still going to go with Buffalo with the six and a half. Okay. Uh, then we move out west at 440. Um, Seattle hosting the Rams. Uh, Seattle's a three-point favorite, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Over-under is 42. And it's surprising because you get three points for just being a home team. Yeah. So they they pretty much saying that Seattle is not good enough to beat the Rams. And uh, I'm sure Jared Goff is going to play for this. It's going to play in this game with that injured thumb. 
but I don't think he's going to be much of a factor. Delonte, on you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hmm. let me try to get my uh, words right. I may be going with the minority. Uh, I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, I, I think the Rams will win. Um, Seattle's defense has is, 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 is been dicey all season, man. So I'm going with the Rams. Uh, and I'm going to take them plus four. Hmm. Ben? Um, damn, I almost – never mind. I don't even have my bet sheet in front of me. But I'm going to go off the cuff. I think I took Seattle and the four because I don't think – Golf's thumb can hold up in the ball game, um, and I, I mean I don't know how many of you've thrown footballs or played like Q in your life, but your thumb is your most important thing. So I, I just can't see him coming off a of thumb surgery and dissecting Seattle. So I got Seattle on the four. Uh, I took Seattle. Uh, big time cover. I don't. I think it's gonna be field goal fest for the Rams. So I got Seattle doing it, you know, like thirty-one to nine, and I, I got the under on the forty-two. So mm. I just I see Seattle running away with this. Um, now this is the game that I've been waiting for all week. Um, Eight fifteen tomorrow night, live from just outside of the most powerful city in the world. Uh, my. Washington football team, our Washington football team, host once again the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are six-point favorites. I'm sorry, eight-point favorites. I read that wrong. The over-under is 45 and a half. Delonte? Damn. Man, I want to – you know what I'm saying? This this matchup reminds me of uh, Broncos versus Steelers. In 2011, when they had when we had a uh, Tebow, and when you know he won, God. you know I said I I, I I I mean I hate to say it, but it, and dude, because Tom Brady, I mean as, as as great as he is, I mean he been throwing, he was you know a lot of interceptions thrown this season, man. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think this might be a game where you know what I'm saying the, the skit, you know, when Washington comes up a bit short, so I'm gonna take take the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Because of experience. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks, man. I'm going to take them maybe plus five on that. It's going to be a good game, though, because Washington defense is, is, is nothing to uh, joke around with. But I'll take the Bucks. Ben? Yo, I mean, I think you just confirmed my pick when you just said the 2011 Broncos. Because um, that team was improbable down the stretch. So I think I'm confirming it now. So I'm going to go Redskins to cover. I'm not sure if they'll win, win it, though. Okay. KG? Kind of breaking up there, sir. Can you text him real quick? Yeah.
So what made you pull the um, 2011 Broncos game? Because, like, the, the Washington, man, of course, they haven't been great. Uh, you know, so I don't want, and I don't want to be disrespectful and say they, they haven't been good, but, I mean, you know what I'm saying? No, that's the facts. I mean, they haven't yeah, been good. Yeah, Offensively, they haven't with a ball. But their defense, they, they got some dogs on defense that, that can, like, really, like, change the game. Like, they, you know, like that Philly game that we all uh, watched Sunday night. Right. Um, offense, uh, you know, a lot to be desired, you know. Um, Alex Smith is still working, trying to work his way back. You know, um, God, this gruesome injury, but it's just I I I, I think they're going to make. I, uh, see, you know, what I'm saying the Broncos like they they made the plays, they made the plays, no. and yeah, Pittsburgh they came back. Um, you know, forced the overtime. Broncos they you know won and done. You know the the, the game at OT, but I I, I think Washington is, is you know what I'm saying like they 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 going to show up. Not sure if they're gonna win, but they're gonna show up. This ain't gonna be no blowout. Cause Tom. No, I totally agree. I I think uh my my bad. I think Father Tom is finally, finally, you know, standing next to starting to stand next to Tom Brady. We saw it this season. Grunk, Grunk, you know, he he Grunk was good, but it's not you know the Grunk that we all come to know. Um. And I, I'm not sure Mike Evans is playing. Evans is in, from what oh, I've yeah, heard so far. Okay. So okay. Evans is so, a go. So, it, it, you know, the receiver court, that, that's intact. But uh, Tampa Bay's defense, you know, they got Shaq Barrett, you know, coming off the edge. But, hmm, hmm, All right, so let's, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. We talking about the – Saturday games, playoff football, um, going through. We just finished up our picks. We're waiting for KG to get back on. So the question for you, and I'm going to try to keep it as simple um, so we can just talk it out real quick. Who's the guy that comes out of this weekend, just on Saturday, that's going to make you be like, he's a baller, he's a real dude? Like, who do you think that guy is going to be? I think he's going to be biased and say Josh Allen, but I'm going to let you go ahead. And make your point. I'm gonna take his teammate, and and although his his playoff legacy has been established with the uh, the Saints, Vikings, with the uh, Minnesota Miracle, I'm gonna say Stephon Diggs. Wow. Okay. Because what he did, what he did this season, he he balled out all season long. So I gotta go with Diggs. Okay. I think yeah. if we gotta have somebody, I think the standout guy. Because I picked the Colts, I'm gonna say Jonathan Taylor, the kid out of Wisconsin, the rookie running back. Yeah. I think he's gonna have a game because uh, people forget since he went up to Indianapolis and they played uh, Naheem Hines and all those guys in front of him. Like this kid is just hitting his stride, and he's gonna be a monster for years. He's a um, 10-3-100 guy in college. He's a, I mean, he can go. So, and I think Jacksonville just got a taste of just what he's going to be able to do. So I think I think Taylor's the guy this weekend for me. That's going to make everybody be like, wow, he's that dude. Hey, I, I can't even argue with that. Like, he, he, 
he he put in work this season too. Yeah, and it's all it all came in the last couple of weeks. So like it's one of those things that I just yeah. But when you were talking about Diggs, um, like Diggs gave Buffalo an identity and a swagger that they never had before. Right. Um, and it's it's interesting watching that because I think the second and part of the reason I'm even I'm very optimistic about Washington is when we actually get a quarterback to play in this system either next year or two years from now, because I'm not sure when that's going to happen. Like McLaurin's gotten a thousand yards this year and like 900 yards last year. And he's had like six or seven quarterbacks. So I can only imagine what he can do when he actually get a real good one. So it's going to be interesting. Can you fellas hear me now? Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know what in the world happened. Uh, I'm glad that it didn't cut out. I'm glad you guys kept going. Uh, I was getting ready to come through with my pick. I heard everything because I always listen to it on my phone. Dario informed me that I was sounding robotic. So we had a little uh, hiccup, but that's not going to stop no show. Um, I'm taking Washington in this game. And I think it's going to be very, very close. I'm talking like 1916 D-hop with a field goal on to the next round. Now, something that y'all said, y'all were talking about quarterback situation in Washington. Let me ask both of you gentlemen a question before we get out of here. Are you trading for Deshaun Watson? If you're the, you're, you're running things in DC, are you trading for Deshaun Watson? Uh, I yeah, I, I'll try to. If not, then um, my second obvious choice would be Cam Newton. Ben, um, the price of T in China is way too high for Watson because I got a young team and I'm developing them. Um, yeah. so I'd say no. And I'm looking at either a Stafford Darno type of guy, but I'm drafting somebody at 19 if I can. And I think that kid's going to be Mac Jones, but that's a whole nother show. Hey, I'm down with it. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. When he came out of Clemson, I told my man, the professor lucky. I was like, he's going to be a beast, you know, wherever he go. He was like, he's not ready. I said, no, no, Deshaun Kaiser's. Not ready for the NFL. Deshaun Watson is. He said we're gonna see. And Deshaun Watson play, has played pretty well. I mean, even though he's been handcuffed, he was handcuffed by his coach Bill O'Brien with trading uh his number oh, one God. weapon away. And I still mm-hmm. think that's one of the most boneheaded uh <laughs> trades that I've ever seen in my life. Ever. But uh, uh you you don't want to give up your top receiver for a second round pick and um David Johnson? No. And then David Johnson ain't the David Johnson of, what, three, four years ago? Yeah, I know, man. I'm being sarcastic. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, but I, 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 do I want him? But, yeah, that price tag's a little too high. And Ron Rivera said he wants Brandon Sheriff back this year. next year. He wants to keep this O-line together. He wants continuity. And I'm down with that. And speaking of Brandon Sheriff, first, first team All-Pro that Washington has had since 1996. That says a lot. That's crazy. That says a lot. Um, I, I made a tweet on December 29th of last year, a couple weeks ago, and I said, I'm putting this out there now. Awards that are coming to D.C. I had Ron Rivera as my coach of the year. Alex Smith as comeback player of the year. Antonio Gibson as my offensive rookie of the year. And Chase Young as my defensive rookie of the year. Two out of four ain't bad, but I still think it should have been three out of four. 
Uh, Ron Rivera lost out to McDermott for coach of the year. Alex Smith, of course, got comeback player of the year. And Chase Young got uh, defensive rookie of the year. Optimistic. Now, if you're in Washington or any team and you you got players that are young and they're coming up like this, um, winning awards first year, playoffs, and it feels good to finally say that word and Washington in the same sentence. Um, do you gentlemen see a tremendous upside in Washington even after a 7-9 and nine season that still led to an NFC East crown and a playoff run? Definitely. I'm 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 gonna say this. Um, I think uh, Coach Rivera has come in and changed the culture. First and foremost, it's not a uh, you know what I'm saying. Of course, you know, yeah, still still a couple of lingering things going on, but like, I guess the legal is going to handle that. That's with uh, you know Snyder and then upper upper management. But as far as the team, the culture has been changed. You know, to to a more positive aspect and. I, I think it's definitely a, a hell of an upside for uh, for Washington football team. Ben, um, guys, I can't. I don't want to go on and on on this, but for me, it's easy. It's an upside, and I used to say a thing. Three, four. What was it? The last one, twenty fifteen. In twenty fifteen, yeah. I had a saying: Your best defense alignment can't come out of Hampton University. Um, no disrespect to my man, but he couldn't be my best defensive player. So now going forward, watching this team, there's things that I like. I like the fact that you got kids like Curl, Reeves, even Khalid Hudson. When they get on the field, they make plays. So that shows me coaching is working. You know, on the offensive side, you see Cam Sims, you know, guys that you wanted to see on the field, but they never got there. So it makes you wonder what the last regime was doing. And it's obvious that they weren't coaching these guys up. Um, so I think with a couple tweaks here and there, I think next year is the 10 and six or an 11 and five year, even with the tougher schedule. That's what I like to hear right there. I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I mean, I gotta be, I mean, it's gotta be bold this time because I, I, I didn't expect seven to nine. I had six and 10, but seven or nine with a division title. I think we can easily, if we want to pick nits, we can find three games on the schedule where we could have had wins or should have had wins. Um, and I mean, this is a 10 win ball club, even with just good quarterback play in the first four games, no disrespect to Dwayne, but like, I don't know. I mean, I think this team could have been in a better spot. I mean, I think he did good against Philly, but there's little things that I hear that always turn me off with quarterbacks. So the one thing that Dwayne, I heard early on was. I think he threw a touchdown to Dontrell Emmett against the Browns. So they said he read the field backwards. Well, if that happens, that means you're missing windows. And I think the Carolina game, the fourth and two, is the perfect example of that. But to end it on a positive, I think, yeah, I think this is a 10-win ball club next year. Easily. Hey, I had him as an 11-5. and five. Cause I'm I'm delusional, but I was like, it's a new, uh, <laughs> it's a new regime, um, <laughs> and I was like, this ain't this ain't your old, you know, Washington team. We gonna come out, we gonna shock the world. But I was a little delusional with eleven and five. I'm I'm not even gonna lie, but hey, delusional no more. Um, I, I agree with the culture change. Uh, finally, a real culture change, not just you know we're gonna change the culture on the surface, 
but a lot of things that were happening behind closed doors are starting to come to light so they can be taken care of and that i.e those legal issues with the owner dan snyder and the ownership group that owns with him a lot of that stuff's coming to light and it needs to be swept up and taken care of asap too uh but we have done an hour and some change where well, you guys did an hour and some change i was gone for a minute trying to get things straight uh but ben thank you thank you thank you for joining us tonight you know you always got a seat at the table with us anytime you doubt man i appreciate it yeah man Uh, i appreciate it brothers all right and first and foremost uh tim tebow should have never been let go out of denver that's a whole nother show that's a whole nother show yeah Yeah, that's a whole nother show bro yeah, yo, you just you, you're just trying to stoke a fire out of me today. That's what this is. Because I I can break down that whole stretch run. Oh man, nah, I'm not doing this with you today. We're gonna find time. We're gonna do it. But all right, that is all the time we have for tonight. Everyone that joined us live, thank you, Dario, for helping out. Even though we was in the same house, we couldn't do it right. Delante, of course, the man of the hour, the tower power, too sweet to ever be sour. Appreciate your input. Appreciate you showing up, hosting duties. Uh, everybody, have a good night. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs> All right, peace.